0: Hi, you're listening to Blockcast, and I'm your host Sam Bale. Yep, I'm back. After starting a new job and immediately getting sick for two months straight, I had to take a little break from podcasting. I may or may not be back with regular episodes, but for now I'll just play it by ear. This episode was prompted by a Twitter conversation that I had about the abundance of data tools and my inability to keep track of what's going on. Someone recommended Ben's post, which I thought was an excellent commentary on the landscape of BI and data analysis tools. It's called Business in the Back, Party in the Front. It was first published in February 2022, and Ben even offered to read it himself. Thanks, Ben. As usual, subscribe to BlockCast for new episodes that may or may not come out every Sunday, and follow us on Twitter at BlockCastPod. And now, enjoy the episode!
1: Hi, I'm Ben Stansel, and I'm reading a piece I wrote called Business in the Back, Party in the Front, Sorting Through the Chaos in the Consumption Layer. This article is about what's happening at the top of the modern data stack and the various tools that are out there to help people analyze and share data. The pieces from my Substack, which you can find at ben.substack.com. That's b-e-n-n.substack.com. Business in the back, party in the front. Sorting through the chaos in the consumption layer. The front is falling off. Or more accurately, the front is splitting into a thousand tiny pieces, dumping 20,000 tons of crude oil into our corporate environments. In this case, our enormous faceless frigate is the front of the modern data stack. Over the last decade, the data industry has been building a giant ship, now worth hundreds of billions of dollars, for ingesting, storing, transforming, and shipping data to every corner of every company in the world. Three-fourths of our boat has taken a clear shape around emerging architectural principles. We've scrapped legacy ETL processes and replaced them with ELT, We've agreed to centralize our data and cloud warehouses that speak ordinary SQL and have come to terms with Snowflake taking a tithe on everything we do. We do transformations in the warehouse, in SQL, and I'm starting to debate if we should define metrics in similar ways. Though far from universal, these approaches are at least normal. If a data leader pitches this design to their CEO, they can find hundreds of analyst reports, blog posts, and customer testimonials to back them up. Nobody gets fired for buying ingestion, big cloud data warehouses, and models in SQL. But the front of the ship, analytics and BI tools for data consumption, the front is a very different story. There are no defaults. There are no generally accepted standards. There's barely a shared understanding of what companies should be doing with the data they have, much less how they should be doing it. Instead, the front of the data stack is represented by an explosion of tools, all tacking in slightly different directions. There's traditional BI, there's modern BI, there's headless BI, there's open source BI, there's Bitcoin based BI. There are notebooks for analysis, notebooks for SQL, notebooks for collaboration, notebooks for apps, and apps for notebooks. There are data visualization tools, data visualizations for notebooks, and notebooks for data visualizations. There are SQL editors for teams, SQL editors for people who don't want to write SQL, SQL editors for Snowflake customers. There are collaborative workspaces and tools that combine lots of things together. There are spreadsheets we can't get rid of and spreadsheets replacing the spreadsheets we can't get rid of. There are rebuilt spreadsheets. There are spreadsheets, but BI, and more of everything is coming. All of these tools do essentially the same thing. They help people analyze data and help companies make sense of that analysis. Which raises two obvious questions. First, do we need so many nuanced options or will the front of the ship, much like the rest of the boat behind it, settle on a more narrow consensus? And second, if it does, what will it look like? The case for choice. A few years ago, I was talking with a handful of people at a data meetup in San Francisco. One person was sharing their frustrations about their current team. We hired a couple data scientists to solve hard problems like building ML models, he said, but they've mostly only had time to answer business questions like analysts. As someone was quick to point out, his premise was wrong. Helping people use data effectively is the hard problem. Unlike purely technical work or the work of moving data around the lower levels of the data stack, solving business problems requires that data cross the chasm from computer to person, the fragmentation of the analytics space may simply be a reflection of the boring truth that people are different. We understand things in our own ways, and we'll never have a standard API into people's heads. Moreover, different companies also use data in lots of different ways. The consumption layer is an interface to those use cases, and may need to be as varied as they are. To continue our long history of food analogies, every business needs to cook different things with their data. Our kitchens are only so big, and we don't have space or budget for every appliance or piece of cookware from Sur La Table. We've got to choose if we want a juicer or an Instapot, if we want a tortilla press or an immersion blender, if we want a canonical burr grinder, a digital gram scale, a gooseneck pour-over kettle, and a Chemex carafe, or if we're happy making coffee with a can of instant Folgers and the hot water from the garden hose that's been sitting out in the sun. The best choices aren't universal. We all have different problems and different aptitudes and preferences for how to solve them. What architecture is best? How should we compose our kitchens? It, as the classic line goes, depends. Still, kitchens have some standards. No matter what we're cooking, we all need a sharp chef knife, a stock pot, and a couple saucepans. Even if the consumption layer's details remain stubbornly variable, surely, surely, we'll eventually agree on a few essentials. The choices we face. In fairness, people have been trying to make sense of how we consume data for decades. And these aren't exactly novel questions. But in fairness to being fair, a lot of the more recent conversations about the consumption layer have been dominated by voices who have a very big stake in which perspective prevails. As a disclaimer, I have a very big stake in this as well as a founder of Mode, a company that produces a product that lives in the consumption layer. People who are incentivized to say that we shouldn't consume data through dashboards say we shouldn't use dashboards. People are incentivized to say that analytical applications are different from self-serve BI tools say that analytical applications should be different from self-serve BI tools. <coughs> People are incentivized to say that collaborative, document-inspired experiences are best, say that collaborative, document-inspired experiences are best. And people are incentivized to say that legacy BI is dead, declare legacy BI dead. It's not that these arguments are wrong, though they can't all be right, nor is it that there's anything wrong with people making them. Presumably, we created these incentives for ourselves because we believe them first. But that does make the conversation about the consumption layer campaign and proxies opinions about architecture through specific products that muddies feature sets with more fundamental questions that have yet to be sorted out. In the spirit of trying to figure out what exactly we're all doing here, of stepping back from talking about kitchen appliances we need and not the brands behind them, these questions, however, are still worth asking. Specialized or a suite? Few people would disagree that different jobs call for different interfaces. Spreadsheets, notebooks, dashboards, exploratory visualizations, they all have their place, just as docs and slides have their place in office productivity apps. The interesting question is about how they fit together. Should analytics tools exist as completely separate products, like the old desktop office suite? Should they all be under one integrated roof that remain generally distinct, like Google Apps? I mean, Google Apps for Work. I mean, G Suite. I mean, Google Workspace. Or should the lines between them be fully blurred, as they are in Notion and Coda? For analysts, or for everyone, no modern analytics tool would dare not be collaborative. But collaborative among which groups of people? Specifically, should analysts and data scientists primarily live in an advanced tool and the rest of the business live in a BI and reporting tool, with people occasionally interloping between the two? Or should everyone always gather together in one spot, whether or not they're there to look at a dashboard of ad spend or to do a strategic investigation of why search ads are suddenly outperforming social ads? This question is complicated by domain-specific apps, from traditional tools like Google Analytics to whatever operational tools the future cooks up. In a potential world where everyone lives in their functional apps, do we even need a tool for generic dashboards? Who's an analyst anyway? Analysts and data scientists' roles are getting compressed from both sides. Analytics engineers are eating into the upstream edge of their work, designing data models and configuring business logic that analysts used to be responsible for. And quantitatively savvy business experts are squeezing the downstream boundary, self-serving, in theory at least, answers without analysts needing to intervene. The latter case raises foundational questions about how non-analysts should consume data. Should they work in environments with high walls and protected paths, limited but precisely governed? Or should people be encouraged to gradually venture off the trail? Looker and Tableau provide useful examples of this dimension's two poles. They both sell to a general code-free business audience. They clearly see that audience differently. Looker emphasizes governance and control, its BI with enough padding that nobody can hurt themselves. Tableau has a steeper learning curve and can be much more easily misused, but for the folks who invest in learning it can stretch much further, separate, interoperable, or embedded. We can also imagine more extreme reconfigurations of the consumption layer. Rather than every tool building their own cut of a notebook or visualization engine or SQL client, not to mention content management systems, admin tools, and application craft that's necessary in every modern SaaS product, vendors could simply provide compostable pieces that get glued together elsewhere. This consumption layer could look like WordPress, an open platform where everyone chooses their favorite plugins. Just as it has for other parts of the stack, will there be a day that modularity and interoperability, true interoperability, not just APIs shouting at each other, comes for consumption too. Technology trends are often cyclical, swinging back and forth from centralized and decentralized, from bundled and unbundled. In the analytics space, however, the pendulum has lost its period. That's not necessarily a bad thing. Innovation emerges from disorder. But it seems inevitable that the industry will eventually pull itself back in line, potentially corralled by community consensus, or more harshly, yanked together by an inescapable economic gravity. But either way, someday, our boat will get its face.
0: This was Business in the Back, Party in the Front by Ben Stansel, read by Ben himself. And this concludes today's episode of BlockCast. Just another reminder, subscribe to the podcast for new episodes and follow us on Twitter at blogcastpod. We'd love to hear about your favorite blog post to be featured on this podcast, so please reach out if you have something or if you'd even like to read for us. Hear you later!